0: If you have your Bibles this morning, I need you to turn to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians. We're going to be in the second uh, chapter. We're going to be looking at verse number 20. I just have one verse for you uh, this morning and some of you have already have had a revival. One verse. Surely he cannot keep us that long. But there's a whole lot in this one verse. If you had to put a title on this Uh, morning's message is a very simple title just just live for jesus just just live for jesus i mean this whole sermon is going to be just a simple gospel sermon and say oh simple like most of your sermons are that's right just they're just simple We're going to cut to the chase here so if we're just going to live for jesus how are we going to do that where we got to be reminded of some things I don't know about you, but the older I'm getting, uh, the more I have to be reminded of things. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting things. Uh, this morning, I woke up and I forgot that it was Sunday and had to hurry up and get ready. And I had to get a sermon together. And uh, I, I mean, no, I'm kidding. Uh, some After I preach this one, you're going to say, Ah, oh, yeah, he really did just get up this morning and got a sermon. But uh, Lord... Uh, uh, His word is always powerful and it's always good, and so uh, you found yourself in Galatians chapter uh, two, Look in verse number twenty, and says this: "I am crucified with Christ; nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me, in His life, which uh, in, in His life which no lie, uh, live in the flesh. Now I know I live in the flesh." I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so here in Galatians chapter 2, the Apostle Paul is just helping to remind us that if we're just going to live for Jesus, there's some things you've got to know. First of all, you need to know your position in Christ. Notice here, uh, he uh, takes us to the past. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Now that uh, word, uh, the, uh, is I am, is in the perfect tense, which means Paul is saying this. Paul's recognizing the fact that he can live for Jesus because I have been crucified. That means I was crucified. I am crucified and I will be crucified. So he says, We are crucified. That's my position in Christ. I, when I came to know the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Lord and Savior, I was crucified. And and because of that, uh, I now can live. What do you mean by that? We're going to get to that in a moment. It it sounds like a, a paradox, does it not? How can you be dead and yet be alive at the same time? Well, Paul is going to help us to understand that. We have been crucified, which means Romans 6 uh, verses 4 through 6 reminds us that we were buried. uh, He was raised and the old man has been crucified uh, and sin no longer has dominion over me. I can live for Jesus because I have been crucified. What do you mean by that? I have been crucified unto sin. The Bible tells me, uh, Romans 6, it tells us at the end of that chapter that uh, sin no longer has dominion over me. Now I'm going to tell you, this is a message that ought to get you stirred up and get you excited. Do you understand if you come to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, your flesh has been crucified and you have been crucified into sin. Sin no longer can hold you in bondage. Sin no longer can trap you. Sin no longer is your master. But when you got saved, you died to your sin. The reason why you Died to your sin is because you've died in Christ. When Christ died, we died with Him. That's what the Bible tells us, and so we've been crucified. The old man has put, been put away. Behold, I have new life in Jesus Christ. Now we also see in First Corinthians fifteen and, and verse number fifty-five. Uh, it reminds us because of that fact that the uh, the sin and the flesh is being crucified. No longer does death have any say over me. Now you got that? Death no longer is your enemy. Death does not have a hold on you. 1 Corinthians 15:55 says it this way: O death, where is thy sting? Oh grave, where is thy victory? When you've been crucified with the Lord Jesus Christ, when you died with Christ, you understand that. When Jesus went to the cross, your sins went with Him. My sins went with Him. And he, when He died, we died along with Him. Our sins have been forgiven. Uh, no longer does death have any say upon our life. The Bible tells us that we will live and we will live forevermore. Does somebody really believe that this morning? Why don't you go ahead and give the Lord Jesus a witness. You have been dead. Now you are alive and you're alive forevermore. More, And so that's what happened at Calvary. But notice here, not only do we see the past. See, that's what's happened. When you got saved, uh, that happened in the past. But he says, not only am I crucified, but he says, now I live. And that word there, I live, is in the present tense. It means that you will live forever. Did I, I don't know, but this. I know it's simple. I understand. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I understand all that. But that still blows me away. The think that I will never die. I will never die. Oh, Brother Mike, the Bible says everyone will die. Oh, I may die physically, but spiritually I live forevermore. Oh, by the way, because of what Jesus Christ did for me, when I died with Him, I was also raised with Him. We've talked about that in class this morning, about the resurrection. In Jesus chapter 5, uh, verses 24 through 29, Jesus says there's two resurrections. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and go over the lesson once again, even though it is a pretty good lesson. When you're talking about the resurrection, that's pretty good, Right? And it says here, Jesus says, there's going to be two resurrections. He said, first of all, there will be resurrection for those who are saved. That takes place at the rapture. I don't know about you, but I'm not fearful that I may die physically. I may be put in the grave. I understand that uh, that's not my final resting place. Uh, I understand that Paul says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So my, my bones may be in the ground, but my spirit goes on to be with the Lord. But then there's coming a day, there's coming an event. And my dear friend, I'm telling you, we are close at hand. It could happen at any moment. And it's called the rapture. Brother Mike, do you believe the rapture is going to take place before tribulation? I sure do. I believe it's, uh, that we will be called out of here and then uh, tribulation will begin. And so when the church is called out of here, it doesn't matter if you're standing above ground or you're in the ground. The Bible says, Jesus said it in John chapter 5, He said, you will be raised. I'm talking about a bodily resurrection. I'm talking about that body that's been in the grave will be raised and the Bible says we will meet him in the air. And that's where the spirit will unite with that body and we'll get our glorified bodies. I'm telling you, because you've died to sin and because you've died with Christ, you also will be raised with Christ and we will live forever. I don't care what others say. I'm going to live forever. And so he goes and tells us, and he, uh, he says in John uh, 5, uh, 25, he says, they will hear my voice. They will hear my voice. There's coming a day when we're going to hear his voice. Oh, what a day that will be. When our Jesus we shall see. And so we're going, not only, uh, the, Paul reminds us that we have died, but we also have been made alive. Now that I, I already made mention, it looks like a paradox here. How can you be dead and how you can be alive? It's almost like saying, well, that's pretty ugly. Why do we say things like that? I mean, we're, look, we're looking at, say me. Okay, just look at me. And I get this comment quite a bit. He's pretty ugly. I'm just saying, I know, yeah, go ahead. Feel sorry for me. Here, I'm always optimistic. I don't listen to the last part. I just hear the first part. Okay? How can something be pretty and ugly at the same time? Right? But we say that. But here, how can we be dead but be alive? Well the reason is because of the one who lives in us. Because the one who lives in us. We've been, we're died. The old man has been put away. My flesh has been crucified. But the Bible goes on and says, I must die daily to myself. Okay? Old self likes to raise its ugly head sometimes, doesn't it? That old nature likes to kind of pop up from sometimes. Many of you have said something like, you know, I went to Black Friday and I got in the flesh. Well, it's easy to get in the flesh very quickly, isn't it? I mean, you can just get in like that. So we have to crucify the flesh. So what does it mean? What, 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 this, Brother Mike, you're all confused. You really did get up this morning. And you just grabbed a sermon uh, from somewhere. You're confused because you're telling us we're going to be dead, but yet we're alive. And then you're saying that we've been crucified, but we have to crucify ourselves uh, daily. Uh, I mean, if you're crucified, you're crucified. You don't have to keep on doing that. You're exactly right. See, you're even more confusing now. I'm talking about sin no longer has control over you. It no longer has dominion over you. It doesn't say that you will not sin. But when you sin, it's not anybody else's fault. We can't go around and say, well, the devil made me do it. If you sin now, you're sin because you've allowed sin to come in. It has no dominion over you. It no longer calls the shots in your life. You have a new master, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he lives in you, then yet you can be dead, but yet you can also be alive and alive forevermore. And so he goes on and says uh, that, uh, that they're dead in Christ. But notice here. When we're dead, uh, he says, uh, in John 10, 10 and John 10, 28, he says, Jesus speaking here, that he will give eternal life. Now, in that one chapter, chapter 10 of John, he says twice, at least twice, he says, I've come to give eternal life. I've come to give eternal life. What does eternal life mean? It means exactly what it says. It's life that will never end. It's eternal and so, we see the present tense. I'm crucified, but yet I live. But notice the second thing. We're going to see the power of Christ working in our lives. Christ that lives in me. Oh, what does that mean? It means that oh, we've died in Christ. Now, Jesus, when he died, he died humbly. He didn't have to go to the cross for you. Do you I mean, sometimes we think God owes us something. You ever notice that? Well, sometimes we think, "Well, uh, he, uh, I deserve that." We don't deserve. The only thing we deserve, according to the scriptures, we deserve death and hell. Jesus didn't go because we made him go. He went humbly because he knew if he didn't go, there would be no hope and no future for us. He went because He loved you. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And him that uh, believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Do you understand this morning? If you're saved, it wasn't because you deserved it. You're saved this morning. It's not because of your last name. If you're saved, it's not because you're a preacher of the gospel. You're saved by His wonderful, marvelous grace. Peace. And the Bible says, he stepped out of heaven and came to this sin-cursed world. He took the punishment that was deserved for each one of us here this morning and he took it humbly. He could have easily, the Scripture tells us, he could have easily called the angelic host down. He didn't have to go to the cross but he willingly went to the cross. The Jews didn't put him on the cross. The Romans didn't kill him. Our sin is what nailed him on the cross and he did it humbly. Jesus died humbly. And that's exactly what had to take place in our life. We had to humble ourselves in order to be crucified to our flesh. We like ourselves. We think a whole lot of self, don't we? Many of us, if we're not careful, look around and say, Well, what's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. Heaven. That's what's in it for you. What else is in it for you? Understanding that you have the wonderful privilege to serve Him and to bring glory and honor unto Him and Him alone. Let's just be honest. We like to puff ourselves up sometimes. Just let's be honest. It's okay to be honest, right? We're in church. You're supposed to be honest. Sometimes we like for people to notice us. Right? It's okay for audience participation at this point. You're right, Brother Mike. I do kind of like to be seen. I do kind of like to be recognized. Oh, now, not me. Oh, get off it. You like for somebody to pat you on the back. You like for somebody to recognize you. You like to be at your work. You like to be able to get the employee of the month award. And you like to have a plaque put on your name. We all like that. And there's nothing in and itself wrong with that. But when it comes to us understanding for us to come to know Jesus Christ, we have to confess our sins, repent of our sin. That means we have to humble ourselves. And what we're saying is, I can't do this by myself. We don't like doing that. I'm just going to go ahead and be transparent since none of y'all have been with me. I mean, y'all, everybody says, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't like being recognized. Yes, you do. It's okay. The other day, I was thinking, and I thought, Lord, you've been so good to me, and you know, it's Thanksgiving, we're supposed to be thankful, and I was thinking of all kinds of things I was thankful for, and, But I started thinking, and that old self started to rise up and started to say things like, I just don't understand why there's more people wanting to lift me up. I'm just going to be honest with you. I I really just don't understand why I, I I, I don't get my... Picture in the paper sometime. I I don't understand when they are talking about the great preachers. You know, David Jeremiah, Tony Evans. No Mike Shelby in there. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I thought, shoot, man, I can can be up there with the big boys. And then, of course, the Holy Spirit kind of slaps him around and says, do you realize who you're talking about? You're talking about you. You ought to be grateful that you're able to do what you can do for me. Now, I'm here. I'm just being transparent with you. I'm just being honest with you. Those those times, and you have had the same thoughts. At your workplace, somebody got a promotion, and you your first instinct was not to go. And run to their desk and say, praise the Lord, I am so glad you got that promotion. I know I was in a running for it too, but you deserved it. Oh no, you deserved it. You were lying, you were lying, you were lying inside of you saying, I don't know why I didn't get the promotion. I work a lot harder than you do. Well, I don't, I don't know. They just don't know what they're doing. They just don't understand. I'm the better worker here. Why didn't I get recognized? But my dear friend, I'm telling you, when it comes to having your sins removed and your sins forgiven, you always have to get down on your knees and you have to humble yourself and you have to recognize the fact that you're not as good as you think you are and you're not as great as you thought you were great. The Bible says that you were wicked and you were undone and in your sins you were bound for hell. But you humbled yourself and saying, Lord Jesus forgive me. I know I'm weak. I know I'm a sinner. I know I sin because it's my nature. I sin because it's my choice. Lord Jesus forgive me my sins. And if you don't forgive me, there is no hope for me. You have to humble yourself just like Jesus humbled himself when he went to the cross to die for your sins. Am I being honest with you this morning? And so here we have to humble ourselves. But notice here that when we humble ourselves, then we have died to our sin. But notice also, it says Christ was also raised in power. Christ was raised in power. So the Bible tells us, I was buried with Christ But yet I live because I was raised in Christ. Now, spiritually speaking, I was dead, but now I'm alive. But also, I understand there's coming a day when physically my body, if it's in the ground, is going to get out of the ground and I'm going to be with my Jesus forever and forever and forever. It takes the power of God to raise somebody from the dead. And we have been raised in victory. And then the Bible goes on and tells us the provisions. What's the provisions? The provision is when we have died to ourselves, and we became alive. And the reason why we're alive is because the one that lives within me. The Holy Spirit now has set up residence in me what we've said before is we are now walking holy of holies right i mean do you really believe, do you really believe that he lives inside you the bible says if i abide in you and you abide in me right so to be for him to abide in you he has to come in And so the Holy Spirit has set up residence in us. And now that same Holy Spirit power that lifted up Jesus out of the grave is the same Holy Spirit power that's going to lift you out of the grave as well. But watch this. That same Holy Spirit power is going to enable you to live for Him until that day comes. See, it's not how well we've done. It's not how many degrees that we have. Nothing wrong with education. Have no problems with that. But education is not what's going to give you the power to live for Christ. Just showing up on church is not going to give you the power to live for Christ. What we're going to have to do is activate that power that's already in us. You don't have to pray for more Holy Spirit, you need to pray that the Holy Spirit isn't more you. That's where our problem lies. That's the reason why we can't live for Christ is because, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. Dr. Billy Graham said this about the two dogs. You all know the story, the black dog and the white dog. And the dog that he always put money on, that never failed. That dog would always win. Finally, somebody asked him, how do you know which dog to put your money on? He says, the dog that I fed the most that week. And that's exactly where we're at today. And why we can't live for the Lord Jesus is because we're feeding the wrong dog. We're feeding the flesh. We're not feeding the Spirit. The Spirit of God is in us. But He will not, unless He's invited, He's not going to go ahead and empower you. You have to activate that power. That's the reason why we get in the Word of God. That's the reason why it's important for us to be here on Sunday mornings and why we have Sunday night services and why we have Wednesday night services. And the truth of the matter, if we're really honest, we probably need a service every day of the week. Because I don't know about you, but I kind of get weary as the, the week goes on. My batteries start to go, kind of get dimmed down. And that's the reason the Bible says, be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. That word in the tense it's talking about is a continuous feeling. You cannot, you cannot operate on yesterday's power. You have to operate in the power that He's given to you today. And He's given you that power, but you've got to activate it. I don't know if maybe I'm not making any sense. Maybe I'm not coming through. But I've found out that many of us say we want to live for Jesus. Then we see what it involves and we'll say, I'll get back with you on that. I'm, I'm saying it's an easy road. I'm not saying it's, it, it just kind of happens like that. You have to be intentional. And I know I've said that word too many times. Some of you are saying, he says that word all the time. But it is intentional. Everything we do that's worthwhile has to be intentional. My Gators played yesterday. See, well, how does he throw that in? And then they beat Florida State. If we didn't win any other game, just as long as we beat Florida State, okay? But anyway, and the Seminole fans say, never mind. And, and, and uh, they, they, they played a pretty good golf. But, you know, they didn't just show up that morning. Say, okay, we're here. No, they practiced, practiced all year. Matter of fact, they looked to this game all year round. They were, when they went out there on that field, they were intentional that they were going to win the game. Right? How much more so that we, live for Jesus, we gotta be you got to be intentional. You don't make up your mind in the middle of a crisis to decide what you're going to do. You go ahead and make a decision before you even get into the battles and the trials and tribulations that you're going to live for Jesus. It's a daily, 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 daily. You're not going to get enough just showing up for church. Matter of fact, if this is the only time you're opening the Word of God, and I know, I've seen some of you, you take your Bibles. We have about three cases of Bibles in a closet where people just... And we we put it at the welcome center and say, Well, I have more than one Bible. I understand that. But I think maybe you might be stretching it a little bit. And they lay around and they lay around. And I'm thinking, why aren't they coming and getting their Bible? Or they leave it on the seat there thinking it'll be there next week when I come. Or some of you could be like this. When you leave here, you throw your Bible in the back of the car. And then when Sunday rolls around, you're you're late for Sunday school because you can't find your Bible because you put so much other stuff during the week over your Bible. And you're looking, oh, here's my Bible. They said, Brother Mike, you were doing all right just preaching. Now you've gone to meddling. But all I'm saying is, if you're going to live for Jesus, you have to do it daily. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to get in the Word. You've got to get in the Word and let the Word get into you. No preacher can do that for you. No Sunday school teacher can do that for you. And matter of fact, if you wait till you get here to worship, you ain't gonna worship. You better be worshiping all during the week. If you're not having private worship, you're not gonna have public worship. And so here he says, he says, there's a the power that's within me. Now what's the power? No now notice here very quickly, he says, and he says, the 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 life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith. Okay. Now we're we're fixing and close it. By faith. What does that mean? First of all, you were saved by faith. Ephesians talks about that. Uh, you were saved, not of works, lest any man should vote, but you were saved by grace. Okay? So you were saved by grace. But also, you are activating your faith when you say, I believe that Jesus Christ died for me. That's faith. Were you there when they hung them? No, I wouldn't. By faith... We believe that He died for us. But notice, we also by faith believe that He was buried. Wasn't there when they buried Him. Been to where the tomb where they, they think He might have been buried on one of the trips to Israel. But by faith, so by faith we were saved. By faith we believe that He died. By faith we believe that He was buried. By faith we believe that He was raised. That's, a, that's an act of faith, is it not? even though the Scripture says that over 500 at one time saw Him. But you didn't see Him. You don't see Him walking up and down these aisles. Now we feel His presence here, but we don't see Him. It's by faith. And then we also understand it's by faith that He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. Why why bother praying if you did not believe that He's sitting at the right hand of the Father? Because the Bible says He's interceding for us even now. Faith. You have to have faith to believe that He's coming. So what are we saying here? We're saying that it's by faith. The whole thing is about faith. Without faith, you have absolutely nothing. You have placed your faith in what the Word of God says. So you're basing You're basing your life or your death. You're basing it on what the Word of God says. I have faith that the Word of God is the final authority. I don't believe it was just inspired by God, but it was breathed by God. God spoke the very words to the ones that He wanted to speak to, and they wrote down what they heard from Him. I believe that. My faith is the final authority that we have is the Word of God. So if that's the case... If that's the case, do you really believe that the Bible is the Word of God? Says, yes, sir, Brother Mike, I believe that. Then if you really believe that, then you'll be getting more to know more of what He wants to say to you. And you'll be getting more into the Word because you've come to realize if you don't have the power of the Word within you, then you're not going to be able to live for the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I telling you the truth this morning? This should be a, a message of encouragement. Then I can live for Jesus because of my faith. I'm telling you, the lost and dying world does not give a rip what comes out of your mouth. I'm telling you. They're looking at you and they're either going to say you're a nutcase, which could be the case for some of you. Not making any mention of names, but you know who you are. Some of y'all are just not getting this. Are you? <laughs> is he talking about me? Was he talking about me? I saw you nudge your, your wife. I'm talking about you. I'm just throwing it out there, okay? Some of them say, Well, I don't believe because this is what I believe. They don't care what you say, but they do take notice of how you live. And here's what's confusing to a lost and dying world. They drive by this church thousands a day. They see the cars parked in the parking lot. And they're saying, hmm, maybe there is something to that. Why would they get up early on a Sunday morning? Why don't they sleep in? But when they take notice of our actions, then they will hear what you have to say. They're looking for something that's real. They're looking for something that they can say, okay, I understand that now. And what we are needing to do is not only say it. I'm not saying don't go around and, and witness. What I'm saying is, You've heard it before. Your talk has to match your walk. And your walk has to match your talk. They want to see it in action. So just live for Jesus. Why? Because of your position. You've died with Christ. But also you were raised in Christ. That's the power and the provision of Christ, He now lives within us. Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. And to think, He has set up residence within us. Just live for Jesus. Just live for Jesus. When you get in arguments, just live for Jesus. When, when someone says, I have a different view, just live for Jesus. When someone says, I have a different opinion on that, just live for Jesus. Just live for Jesus. And the world will start to take notice that this Jesus must be real. Real. Because I've seen the change in that man's life. I've seen the change in that woman's life. Not only are they talking it, but they're walking it. You're here this morning. You've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I'm not talking about your names on the membership row here, I'm not talking about you've been scripturally baptized. I'm not talking about you come to church on a regular basis. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Very quickly, you have to understand there has to be a death involved. And there was a death involved. The death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But you also have to die to yourself. And you have to recognize the fact that you're a sinner that you're undone, and if you were to die without Christ, you spend eternity in a place called hell. But you also need to understand, not only do you have to die, but you can be raised in newness of life. And He can change you, and He'll change you forevermore. You just need to confess your sins, repent of your sin. This invitation is going to be, we'll have men right here, if you need to get saved, you just come to one of these men, they'll be happy to show you in the Word of God how you can have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. But many of you here, your testimony is that you've trusted Jesus. Many of you here saying, I'm lit, trying to do my best to live for Jesus. But let me ask you this. Is your walk matching your talk? If it's not, you need to get that Settled and get that right this morning. This invitation is for you. You're here. You've been visiting this church for quite some time. You feel the presence of the Lord here. You feel feel that uh, this is a, a body of believers that love the Lord Jesus and worship the Lord Jesus. And you just feel right at home. Well, you just need to come and join this fellowship. Or you're here. You're saved, there's no question about your salvation, but you just haven't followed through in believer's baptism. You need to get that right. Because that's the first step of obedience by being baptized. You're not getting baptized to get saved. You're baptized because you are saved. And so you want to identify with Christ that way. This invitation is for you.